This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Well, good morning, and uh, we do have a message for you fathers, but you know, today uh, it's the Father's heart that wants to connect with all of us today. In fact, I, I, I pray that at the end of the service that in some way throughout the rest of this time, through the teaching, through the altar, through the worship, that everyone here in this room has had a touch from the Father. And in some way, you can capture his presence. You know, um, many of us, um, we struggle being dads. In fact, in, especially today, and it's a toxic, supposedly, to be a man, to be masculine, to show some kind of leadership or so, some kind of protective uh, picture that us men want to do, be masculine. And we're going to talk about that today because um, this is what our Father wants in all of our lives. Our Father wants us to be people of faith, people that are to go out and do the impossible, and that we're not supposed to fit in. And we have a culture today that everybody wanting you to fit in, to fit into this mold that they want you to be so that their life in some way can be more tolerable or enjoyable. And yet God says that you're peculiar. How in the world can you fit in and be peculiar? It's impossible. And yet the same thing is that, aren't you thankful that every tree doesn't look identical? Aren't you grateful that every waterfall isn't the same? Aren't you thankful that, you know, that our, you know, in life, that not everybody is the same, and yet our culture wants everybody to fit in, and I don't even know who's perfect for that model to fit in in any way. And then we have the truth of God's word, where it talks about, we're supposed to be in his image. And if there's one thing I've learned in the being and getting older is this, is to enjoy people's differences, the way God made them to be, to explore that. And as a dad, um, I probably could have done a lot better job. And, and people have asked me, say, Pastor Ron, what would you say to anybody right now um, if you had to do life all over again, what would you ask them to do? I'd say, I would say, find mentors. I would say, right now, I would say, please, find mentors. People that you can look at and that aspire to being, doing great things with God. And I, I have mentors in my life, ones that um, I would say for my own wife and I, we've um, come a long ways with Jesus and God's done some amazing things but we still have a mentor Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie in fact just this last week Pastor Dwayne called me up and talked to me and we just had a, a great discussion we actually talked about the, you guys the church um, I have mentors in business I have a, a good friend of mine that's extremely successful and, and he's, he's I wouldn't say he's further along with the Lord I mentor him in the Lord but he mentors me in business I have mentors when it comes down to those I talk to about coaching or even parenting. Um, and I'm getting to that point where now I'm, you know, at that age where there's not a lot of those that I can find anymore. Um, 
but when I, when I look at mentors, the greatest mentor is the word of God. The greatest space of learning that I can have is from God's word. And what does the truth have to say? And then I would say um, the one thing that I wish I could have done and done more with is, is creating a space where my kids and I would pray together and get caught in his presence. Every Sunday morning, I pray with the elders, and I have the message prepared. I've done a lot of, uh, I've been very studious about it. I have um, uh, gone over it. In fact, every message, I usually go over it like three or four times because my first draft is way too much. There's just way too much information. There's no way I can cover it. And then so I tried it. Then my second draft is I begin to say, you know what? Um, what, what are some points that maybe I could make on a, in a series or maybe in another, you know, another uh, message? And then the third one, I really try to, you know, line it down and say, look, what, what are just some points, some goal way points that I would, you know, that I feel that the Lord would really want all of those and his, the, his children to know. And then I have that moment that's so awesome is in the elders' prayer time. And in fact, I was just sharing that with the elders. We're sitting there and we're in this praying, praying time together. And the Lord, I get it, I capture his heart in it. Now, this message has been prepared for many times, even months in advance. But the heart of the Lord literally just, just comes right in that moment of prayer time. How many of us are missing that with our kids? How many of us are missing that with our spouse? Or, or maybe other, that, um, that mentor I've been talking about, where you can just get in the presence of God. Because, see, you know, all the, what you don't understand is God gave us a letter, but his heart, he wants to communicate. The Bible says that the letter can kill, but the Spirit brings life. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to get in the space of your heart and capture the heart of God. And today we're going to read a passage. And if you were to read just the letter of it, and in fact, you can turn there in your Bibles, Deuteronomy chapter 1. If you were just to, just to get the letter part of it, you'd sit there and go, man, God's a God of high expectations. And, and, you know, and, and it seems like he's just really disappointed. And he's one of those dads that you can never please. And, and he's just, he, you could really miss, but you'd miss the heart of the Father. And you'd miss the heart that God wants in every one of us fathers and we're going to hit on some notes about what us fathers should be and and how to 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 bring but if you don't you don't really understand is that we're 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 struggling today i was with a young man in my truck yesterday and um we were uh delivering some things and and uh, we were just having a discussion and i i would say that i'm one of his mentors and and all of a sudden we were just having a discussion about uh people and and the way they respond in in customer service and, and, he, and he, goes, he goes, what do you think that is? And he calls me Pops. And I'm not his, his dad, but he calls me Pops. And he says, uh, what do you think that is? I said, I think it's the lack of discipline that we have in our nature today. I don't think that we discipline our children. We, so we have, I mean, in this statistically proven, when, you know, uh, we have divorce, and I know that many of you are in this room that have been gone through divorce, and it's a very painful experience. And the God says he hates divorce. Well, the re- because the children even see that. It's even more of a painful experience. And what happens is, is that inevitably, when that happens, when there's a separation, even the struggle with, with discipline 
it's reduced, which means parents, because, because they're so concerned that the, their children who are hurting and trying to struggle through this separation time, what happens is all of a sudden the parent who, would, who used to say, you know what, I, that's wrong to do and I'm going to discipline you, there's going to be consequences for your actions, all of a sudden they withhold it because they really want to make sure that they're loved more than their other spouse. And, they don't, and, then they, and then so the other spouse catches on and so they stop disciplining. And the next thing you know, you got a whole bunch of nonsense and children aren't having any discipline. And yet God says God disciplines those whom he loves. And we begin to follow a pattern of our own ways instead of God's way. So if you really love your child and if you're a divorced parent, it's hard to go through that situation. We want to help you. We're not judging you. We don't want to throw shame at you. We want to help you. But you need to discipline those children because you love them, you love them. And today we're gonna be talking about some things about discipline, but but before we do that, let me just give you some quotes that um, I found about dads. A dad is someone who wants to catch you before you fall, but instead picks you up, brushes you off, he says, hey, let's just try that again. A dad is someone who wants to keep you from making mistakes, but instead lets you find your own way, even though his heart breaks in silence, when you get hurt. A dad is someone who holds you when you cry, scolds you when you break the rules, shines with pride when you succeed, and has faith in you even when you fail. Quote two, my father gave me the greatest gift anyone could give another person. He believed in me. Quote number three, the greatest thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. Quote number four, when I was born, you were there to catch me when I, I, I fell. And whenever and wherever, when I said my first words, you were there to teach me the whole dictionary, if need be. When I took my first steps, you were there to encourage me. When I had my first day at school, you were there to give me advice and help me with my homework. I still haven't finished school or walked down the aisle or had my first child. But I know you'll be there for me through all these times and more, the good and the bad. So I just wrote this to say, I love you, Dad. Quote number five. If Father's someone that holds your hand at the fair, makes you sure you do what your mother says, holds back your hair when you are sick, brushes that hair when it's tangled because your mother's too busy, lets you eat ice cream for breakfast but only when mother's away, walks you down the aisle and tells you everything's going to be, it's okay. It's easier to father, and by the way, this is my quote, it's easier to father to have a children than for children to have a real father. It's time for us to recognize that, um, Ed, and Lu- Ed and Lewis Cole always said it this way, and he's on to be with the Lord now. He says, um, he says it doesn't take a man to, uh, to be a father, but it takes you know, a father to be a man. And today we're gonna talk about literally manhood. Manhood's not toxic, amen? And, uh, you know, with all the nonsense that goes on with, you know, uh, saying that we don't have genders and all that stuff, it's just, it's what's going on in our culture. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. God said he made them male, say it with me, he made them male and female. That's how God made them to be, okay? And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to apply myself and, and judge be judgmental to the culture and everything else. I'm just going to turn to the Word of God and find my bearings. 
And I'm going to focus on the truth because it sets me free. Because the lie, if a truth sets me free, what does a lie do? Chains me and puts me in bondage. And what we have is a culture that's full of bondage. Never has there been more suicides. Never has there been more hurting. Never has there been more divorce. Never has there been more people finding, you know, in despair. And so why would we listen to culture to find our purpose in life when the purpose that they're finding is that they're losing? But yet, Jesus, in the present, have you ever been caught, and if you've never been caught in a moment in the presence of God, please don't leave this altar today until you do. Because there is nothing. David said it this way, he says, I would rather be in the house of the Lord than a thousand days anywhere else. Just a moment when the presence of God, when some people will literally, and there's no wonder there's so many people taking drugs and and his drugs is legal and everything else because literally what they're trying to do is they're trying to get a moment when they can just get rid of all the other craziness and the stuff that's going on in their head. If they could just get a moment where it seems like everything else doesn't matter so they get high. And yet, you know what? The greatest high is being in the presence of God. Have you ever been caught up in a moment where God's love carries you away? Have you ever been moment caught up with a conviction where all of a sudden you were sitting there, maybe you were mad at your child, or maybe you were frustrated with your spouse, or maybe you were just frustrated with the world, and all of a sudden you prayed about it, and all of a sudden the Lord just arrested you? And I mean, so all of a sudden you got your hands behind your back, and God says, it's you. Stop getting mad at everybody else. It's you, son. And then all of a sudden it just completely changes the course of your life. That's how God wants us to live. Because the world is looking, is there something real out there? Is there something tangible out there? Is there something that about a sovereignty of God? Is there something truly about something, you know, it's in worship? Because inside every person, the Bible says, eternity is locked up in everybody's heart. They're looking for this eternity to be unlocked. And if all we are is so caught up with everything else and fighting everything else instead of just getting caught up in the presence of our, the true being, our daddy in heaven, there's nothing like it. Have you ever had laughter? The presence of God just gets you to start laughing and I ain't kidding you, you just start taking over. Have you ever had it where your tears, they just won't stop because there's something about the morning of God versus the morning of this world? Have you ever had a joy that comes in? I'm just trying to say, have you ever had God grab you and touch you? And if you've not, then all you are is having church instead of a moment with God. The whole point of church was so that you could get in the crowd, yet in the midst of a crowd, have a moment with God. That's why we have church. Not so that you can get caught up and, and just kind of be robotic, you know, like you do in the supermarket so that you, being in the midst of a crowd, could have a space because God can make what's corporate individual with you. That's our Father. How can our Father watch over 6.6 billion people and care for every single one of them, count their hairs on their head, and most of them going over there and going contrary, and God's broken over it? How would you not think that God, for you that are seeking Him, would not find Him? Seek him with all your heart. Seek him with all your heart. Deuteronomy chapter 1. 
And I'm going to start with verse 26. And this is, again, God speaking at a time. And I, I'm just let the, I, I'll let the passage speak for itself, then I'll try to explain. Deuteronomy 1, 26. But you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and refused to go in. You complained in your tents and said, the Lord must hate us. That's why he has brought us out from, uh, that's why he has brought us out from Egypt, here in Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to be slaughtered. Where can we go? Our brothers have demoralized us with their report. They tell us the people of the land are taller and more powerful than we are. And their towns are large with walls rising high into the sky. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Enoch. But I said to you, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God, this is Moses talking to them. The Lord your God is going ahead. He will fight for you just as you saw him do to Egypt. And you, and you saw how the Lord your God cared for all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness, just as a father cares for his kid. Now he has brought you to this place. See, you know, notice that it says a father recognizes the child's going to go through a wilderness. And a, and a father cares for his kid going through the wilderness. That kid in the wilderness in your school, that kid in the wilderness of our culture, that kid in the wilderness, even in this church family. But even after all he did, he refused to trust the Lord your God. You refused. Who goes before you looking for the best places to camp, guiding you with a pillar of fire by night and, by, and a pillar of cloud by day. When the Lord heard your complaining, he became very upset. So he solemnly swore, not one of you from this wicked generation will see to see the good land. I will swore to give your ancestors, except Caleb. And he will see this land because he has followed the Lord completely. I will give to him and his descendants some of the very land he explored during his scouting mission. And the Lord was also angry with me, Moses is talking about, because of you, he said to me, Moses, not even you will enter the promised land. Instead, your assistant Joshua, son of Nun, will lead the people into the land. Or encourage him, for he will lead Israel as they take possession. I will give the land to your little ones, your innocent children. You were afraid they were you were afraid they would be captured, but they will be the ones who occupy it. And as for you, turn around now and go back through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Then you confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go into the land and fight for it as the Lord our God has commanded us. So your men strapped their weapons on, thinking it would be easy to attack the, the hill country. But the Lord told me to tell you, do not attack, for I am not with you. If you go ahead on your own, you will be crushed by your enemies. This is what I told you, but you would not listen. Instead, you again rebelled against the Lord's command and arrogantly went into the hill country to fight. But the Amorites who lived there came out against you like the swarm of bees. They chased you and battered you with all the way from Seir to Hormah. Then you returned and wept before the Lord, but he refused to listen. So you stayed there at Kadesh. Now, you say, well, Pastor, why did you pick that particular message for this service? Because it's God sharing with his children how the big picture is. Here's this father who's covering his children by day and by night. Every father in this room right now, that's how you should carry and cover your children, by day and by night. You should be praying for them for the day, praying for them in the evening. And then as these children, he begins to see and wants to prepare a place. What father doesn't want his children to have it better than himself? Paul said it this way, he says, you have 10,000, now Paul was never a father, a physical, biological father, but he was a spiritual dad. 
He says, you've had 10,000s of teachers, but few fathers. What he's saying is this, there's a lot of instructors in this world, but a true father wants to have their children better off than they've ever had it. And so when you, you explore your heart, and, and so I'm not interested so much in instructing my children, and yes, I am that, but I want them to understand that there's a purpose for their life. And the purpose, it, what God was doing is he wanted to show them his plan. And yet in that plan, they were gonna have to fight for it. They're gonna have to work for it. Fathers, mothers, you need to instruct your children that they need to understand that there are going to be disciplines. There are gonna be consequences. That there's going to be rewards for good or bad behavior. And when you don't do that, what happens, you don't, you're not helping that child understand the consequences of life. And that there's a big consequences in, with our Heavenly Father. That when we make choices, let me tell you something, I can be a child of God by accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But in that acceptance of Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, there are many choices that I need to make inside of that space of choice that are gonna really help my life or gonna bring, you know, there's gonna bring some instructions and because there'll be some corrections in my life. And it's so important for us to understand that our Heavenly Father, that He has a plan and He wants us to understand that life is gonna bring resistance. What happens to a child that's never had any resistance in their life? Which means you didn't clean up, hey Bobby, why didn't you clean your room? And then mom just goes over and cleans it up for him. Or Timmy, you know how many times have I told you to take your bike up and put it away in this rightful place? And you know, now your bike got run over by mom, ran right over the back, ran, ran over it, says, uh, I mean, we're not gonna fix it. Not for a while. Not, maybe you're gonna have to mow the lawn this many times or you're gonna have to figure out this thing else so we're gonna have to figure out a way to, and you know what, to get this bike fixed but I'm not gonna go over there and fork over the dollars because you don't have a bike. Well, dad, that's not fair. What do you mean it's not fair? And see, many, so many times what's happened is, is the kid starts, wah, wah, wah. well, Johnny had this and we listen to people's whining and then we make, our, we make adjustments because they whine. He whines the most gets the most just to get them to stop whining is that the way our daddy in heaven did it did any i mean are you not reading in deuteronomy chapter one where it says that they were whining did god give them get them in the promised land because they were whining absolutely not but yet that's our culture today isn't it you know we go through a supermarket and all of a sudden our kid sees that you know they, there's a reason why they put all that candy right there by the you know, and everything else right there by the, the you know, basically the, the cash register. And so every single time that that kid starts screaming and hollering and getting upset, and so you, right away you take that thing over there and give it to them. Gra I'm going to talk to your grandparents right now. Well, I just want to spoil my kid. I am, I have almost, I'm going to have 20 grandkids here. And you know what it takes? Not one of them do I even have a thought of spoiling. I mean, think about the word. Do you really want to, I mean, who wants to drink something that's spoiled? No, but because our culture tells us that, you know what, we're gonna go over there and have it. Now, every, I'm gonna tell you what I wanna do is I wanna instruct my grandchildren to love their parents more. 
I want to instruct my grandchildren in the ways of God. I want to create an environment. I want to have a, a space in my house. I want to have a prayer space so that when my mom, you know, when my, my son or daughter are struggling with, with, with their child, I want them to understand that grandpa's in the corner. Grandpa's in the corner. How many times are we we're following what's easiest? Did God ever make the path without resistance? Can you find one place in this word that there's any path that God, the path of righteousness, that didn't have resistance? Every single one of those paths came with resistance. And who was the resistance? Well, a lot of times it was me or you or the devil. We like to blame the devil for everything, but let's, let's be honest. Most of the time it's us. We're not following God's path. We're trying to do things our own way. In the book of Judges, it says it, it, says it this way. It says, everybody did what was right in their own eyes. So let's just kind of go through the instruction um, today through our study guides. Number one, children have sin nature in all of them, and we need to show them the path of faith and the consequences for disobedience. You know, in, when I read God's word, there are, uh, there are leaders over and over where men did not want to instruct their children. They wanted to, they wanted to do this. I, I just don't want to deal with it. Has anybody ever felt, ever felt that tendency, I just don't want to deal with it? Y'all, come on, raise your hand. I mean, who doesn't, you know, I just don't want to deal with it. And here's, let me tell you something. God expects you to deal with it. He expects you to. In fact, they're the, the Samuel's sons, we read the whole book of Samuel. Do you know that Samuel's sons didn't get to inherit the path that Samuel did? Because they weren't following Samuel's ways. The same things that Samuel stood for, his sons didn't. Eli, or Aaron, or Job, or David. I mean, over and over we see where these men didn't want to literally, they, they took the path of least resistance and didn't want to instruct their children. They said, I just don't want to deal with it. Number two, proper fathering takes time. Time with your Father in heaven. Prayer puts your trust in God and not in yourself. Time with your children, individually as well as corporately. Find the important building of that family, that time. I, I know for me, because I work different hours, I would take Friday mornings. I know a lot of you guys can't do that. Maybe you could take Saturday mornings. But I would take a Friday morning, and every time I would take one of my children before school. And we, before we went to school, we would go out for breakfast. And then we would talk about God as best we could. And then, they, and then I would always ask him this question, how can dad be, and I never ever had an answer to it. But every single time I'd say, how can I be a better dad to you? At least it gave them the understanding that I knew I didn't have all the answers because I don't. And I wanted to be a father that would connect with them, but also connect most of all with him. Find that space of time and it doesn't have to be what I just did yours might be something different but let me tell you sometimes we connect with them in sports and that's great sometimes we connect with them in other areas but you know what we're not connecting with them spiritually my aim most of all is to connect with my kids spiritually more than physically and I still miss it because it's so much easier to deal with the other things but I it's my aim I want to connect with them spiritually number three Fathering shows a path to follow. 
Does the path that you're following show faith? Does the path that you're allowing God's gifts in them, are you explorative about their gifts? Is the path your dream, in your dream, living in them? I've met a, a, in fact, I watched this one father make this huge mistake. He had a dream about being a professional. And I'm not gonna tell you what it is, um, lest this person maybe think I'm talking about them. Um, they're not in this audience today. But point of it is, is he had this, he had this desire when he was growing up to be a professional in this area of space. And, uh, he gave his life to the Lord, moved him in a different direction. And now his children, in fact, he had a couple of his children go in that exact same um, uh, professional uh, and they moved away from the Lord. Was that worth it? If my kids could make $10 million a year and be prof prof proficient in one space and walk away from God, are you serious? I would much rather have them making ten, you know, $25,000 a year and loving Jesus versus making $25 million a year and getting so caught up with the culture and what they could buy. Where are our priorities? Because literally, this space of time is so temporary. Number four, are there consequences for disobedience? Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Who do these children belong to? You know, they belong to the Lord. That's easy to give them up sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> children, they belong to the Lord. For this is right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. You honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. Number five, Fathers encourage, encourage, and comfort their children. First Thessalonians 2.11 says, And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, urged you to live your lives in a way that, will God, that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. Do you encourage your kids in the Lord? Do you see those spaces? It's so easy for some of us uh, men and some of us ladies to be critical to see things take that space of what you see where you find a place of criticism or you see where they're they haven't achieved it. for me i'm a goal-oriented person and so it was really hard for me to let go of the goals and enjoy the space it's still hard i have to be intentional about enjoying the moment i married the best person for that but to enjoy the moment and not always want to get and gain the next one. Because a goal person like I am is always trying to achieve and try to conquer and try to do what, whatever is out there to get done. Even if it's unto the Lord, I can still take that same drive as unto the Lord, but miss the moment. I think it's so important that we can see where our, the potential of our children but encourage the space where they're at today. But encourage them to be better. Encourage them to do more. Encourage them to be everything that they can be, but no shame, no guilt. Knowing that you love, they, gotta, they have to know and speak the truth in, in love. And last off, children, your 
Challenge your children without frustration. Challenge your children without frustration. 6.4, Ephesians 6.4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Now, a lot of this was instruction for you men and you fathers, uh, but these are instructions in God. I find that these same pathways, when I was with employees and I have employees, that these are the same instructions that I give. I encourage them. I, I want to provoke them to be everything that they can be. Uh, whether I'm at the gas station and I'm asking a person just this morning, I said, hey, have you, he's, he swallows swords and, and, and on fire. He does peculiar things, right? And uh, so I'm, I, I'm, having this, I'm having these conversations with him, trying to understand. Now, here's the thing that I've learned about this, and it's, it's so interesting. Men, their, their number one need isn't sex. It's honor. That we would feel value. Now, isn't it interesting, the very thing that they're trying to take out of the, the male, the masculinity today is honor. Honor is value for who you are as a man. So today, in closing, if you don't feel valuable, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a, a, you know, you're a grandfather, whether you're um, a young adult or middle-aged adult, as a man, you're not listening to the voice that God has for your life. You have great value. You have great value. Now, people that feel valuable will begin to make decisions that show that value. Or maybe you're here and uh, you're a young lady. Or maybe you're even middle-aged or older lady. And you've been mistreated by a man. Whether it be through marital situation or father situation. You're going to struggle with your image of your father in heaven. You are. You need to get healed. You need to understand that what that, that man on this planet did isn't your father in heaven. You need to forgive that person and get past that so that you can see your daddy for who he really is. I don't know the, 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 the scenario of your situation here, but today I had prayed. I said, God, I pray you move on this. I pray you move on your people today. I pray there's so much healing whether you're a man or a woman. I pray that there is just a, a ministry of understanding that you are born for doing great things. But the greatness that God wants to do in and through you is first being caught in his presence. And if you're struggling receiving, if you're struggling connecting with your heavenly father, Today is the moment to change that. Jesus came here for that very, there is one mediator. What's that mediator? It wasn't so that he could cover sin. Sin was already covered in the Old Testament. It wasn't about being covered. It was so that your life could be exposed for the sinner that you are and still find acceptance in God's hands. The Old Testament was covered and it was never acceptable. The New Testament is uncovered, finding full acceptance. 
Which one do you want? I don't want my sins covered. Man, I want them exposed to a loving dad. I'm going to mess it up. Dad, I'm not going to be the man that this woman deserves. I'm going to mess it up, Dad. I got 20 grandkids. I'm going to mess it up multiple times. Work through my life. Here I am. I'm going to mess it up, Dad. Being a pastor, I'm going to make a mess of it. Please work through my life so that those that are seeking you don't get lost because they get their eyes on me, a sinner. But they get your eyes on you. God, help that to be. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for your daddy's heart. You're here. You're here in this very space. And your love that knows no bounds. The same love that, that literally brought Jesus out of heaven and into this space is the same love that the Holy Spirit is sent into this space. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this moment. We're sinners. We made wrong choices as fathers, as mothers. We made wrong choices as young adults, as students. We made wrong choices as grandparents. These wrong choices just seem to be really heavy on the list. And yet, Jesus, you made the supreme choice. So we thank you that all our wrong choices could be packaged up in the one choice you made, Jesus. You chose us. If you're here this morning and you don't sense the presence and the power of Jesus' choice of choosing you, I pray right now that you can invite, we're going to pray a prayer that would invite the presence, the understanding of that choice. Jesus made the choice. No matter what you've done wrong, no matter where you're at in this moment of thought or life, if you choose Jesus and allow His presence to fill your heart, He will lead you on His path. Pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, I surrender. I constantly make a mess of things. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you, Lord, to lead my life that it might show who you are and not the mess I can create. I receive you, your Holy Spirit, your love, the presence of who you are, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and worship our King together. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved, ask for prayer, share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.